Welcome back to the podcast. My guest this week is Christine Gatsby, uh, Director of Product Security Operations at BlackBerry. Christine is a longtime friend of mine. We've spent a lot of time together at security conferences, so I'm very, very excited to have you on the podcast today, Christine. Thank you. Uh, you were heading out to Black Hat. Um, you're actually giving a talk at Black Hat about uh, the work that you do at BlackBerry. So let's start there. Can you talk a little bit about your your role there, what exactly your team does, and you know a little bit about what is the uh, what are the main priorities for uh, your group? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Great question, and thank you. Thanks for uh, having me. Um, yeah, product security operations at BlackBerry is um, it's it's an amazing organization. Actually, uh, we're we're made up of of four different parts. Um, we have a, a security research group who is responsible for you know the the bringing up uh, of all BlackBerry products. Uh, um, they're in charge of, you know, the uh, the SDLC operation side, you know, reviewing all of our products, making sure the architecture and stuff's like that for vulnerabilities and everything is great up until um, launch. Uh, once a product is in market, uh, it goes into our um, operation side for in-market product coverage. It's one of the areas um, of my focus is uh, what's known as our BB cert. Uh, which is BlackBerry's security incident response team. Uh, within our group, we also have a tools team, which uh, we do a lot of writing of our own um, security tooling uh, that actually keeps our organization of product security up and running. Um, and then I have a programs team that does all of uh, the public-facing things that you see, um, you know, advisories and does public communication and um, all that jazz. Um, what we're going to be focusing on, though, at our talk uh, for for Black Hat coming up, uh, is really just a just a pinpoint spot within that life cycle. Um, one of the things that I am constantly amazed by, and you know, speaking to folks like you, Ryan, and and others, is that there's a, seems to be in the industry quite a I guess a, a focus um, that is very heavy on sometimes, at least, <laughs> developing products uh, in a secure fashion. Um, but you know, once they get into market, uh, the the maintenance piece of that SDLC seems to sometimes be. Um, I, I won't say it's not looked at because I think people are looking at it, but the focus isn't as holistic as it is. It's almost like you know, let's let's go to all this effort to write this great, you know, secure product, but then once it gets in market, um, it seems like the the gloves come off. And, and that's absolutely, you know, just the opposite of the truth for us. Um, you know, we spend just as much effort maintaining secure um, software as we do actually releasing secure software. So the talk is really going to focus on one part of that, which is looking at your software releases from, um, you know, a liability standpoint, meaning, you know, you have an opportunity. Are you taking it to reduce liability or are you introducing attack surface? Because you're doing one of the two. You're either looking at it from a holistic security approach and you're you're knowing what you're shipping um, or you're not. And so, um, you know, I think I've, I've, one of the topics I've been asked a lot about in the last couple of years is, you know, how BlackBerry does that. Um, so our talk is going to look at what we call our software readiness review program. Um, we look at every software release that looks up, you know, that leaves the company. This is um, we look at its software. I'm sorry. This is pre-release software. Yes. Well, is- it's release software also. So it is pre-release software and it's in-market software already. So think of things like, you know, GCs and MRs and, you know, mm-hmm. versions. Um, you know, it's not uncommon, Ryan, to have, you know, this, you know, 16 versions of the same product out in the market. 
So for every software release, whether it's pre-market, in-market, whether it's a GC or an MR or hotfix, we review everything. So we understand what's in it. Um, we have the opportunity as the product security team to review that against any, you know, software we've patched or vulnerabilities we've filed. Um, you know, we have that, uh, and it takes a whole program. It takes a lot of effort. We reviewed 515 software releases in 2017, so it's not a small number either. Um, and it has a great impact on um, the development lifecycle, uh, but it takes a lot of work to get there. It's a lot of work. Um, we've been refining this process you know, for about the last, I would say, nine years. Um, and it's just now, I think, where we're getting to uh, an, efficient, an efficient state, and so we wanna, we wanna share some expertise. Uh, one of the things, this is not necessarily unique to BlackBerry, but one of the things that no one envies, envies you and your team is having to deal with supply chain and dependencies, all those you know, third-party open source libraries that need to be patched. Uh, what is your role in patching this? You know, who's ultimately responsible on the back end if this causes a big problem? It's not necessarily you know, your code, but it's co uh, third-party code, third code and libraries that you're putting into your software. How do you, you know, prioritize uh, around, uh, or how do you just deal with that <laughs> massive, you know, I, rem I just go back a little bit. I remember three or four or five years ago uh, when BlackBerry announced they were going to use WebKit as the rendering engine. Um, and, you know... Uh, from the outside as a security journalist at the time, I was like, why? You know? Yeah. And, and that's not unique to, to BlackBerry. And I'm just curious about handling that supply chain and these dependency issues. How much, you know, how much does that take up of your team's time? Yeah, you, wow, that's a, man, that is just a can of worms, isn't it? It's, you just hit the nail on the head too. Um, you know, BlackBerry has evolved like any company and, you know, security always comes first, which is the, the actually, you know, the reason why, one of the reasons why I'm, you know, just love my job is because working at a company like BlackBerry where security is a part of everything we do, it's not an afterthought, it's actually the pre, the first thought, um, you know, we have evolved and you make a really valid point. You know, we went from a company making hardware where we had control of everything to, okay, you know, now we're shifting into being, you know, a security software company where we still have control of everything, yet we've had to acknowledge that, you know, we've, we've got to, you know, get everything out the door. And, you know, of course there's open source software. There's, you know, open source software on most of everything. So, um, and nowhere is that more important in a company um, like BlackBerry or a product like QNX, for example, which is embedded in the supply chain. Um, BlackBerry has, you know, just a, just a plethora of products in different scales of this. And it does take a lot of time. So, you know, the majority of my team's time isn't, you know, on the defender standpoint. So we are looking at, you know, every piece of software that we have. And we've written our own tools that actually kind of suck in a bill of materials. And so we know what's in it, which is, you know, from our talks a while ago, and I know you've seen these talks and we've talked about this, that's half the battle is getting a bill of materials and knowing what's in your stuff. So, you know, our team is in charge of, of all of that. So we we bring every product and every version into our team. We put the bill of materials together. We have um, what we call a product catalog that we've developed, which is again, proprietary software that we've written that has the ability to do that. And so at any time we can tell you how many versions of a specific open source um, library are in our product and where they are. So, you know, we monitor, uh, you know, 
hundreds of sources of vulnerability management and then filter that all together. We've written some proprietary software that kind of aggregates all of that with our bill of materials and it, it actually updates real time. So, um, you know, we have an average of eight vulnerabilities per product version we investigate a day um, for every single version of our products. So it's a lot, it takes a lot of people and a lot of time, but you know, it's a very rewarding effort. So from a process standpoint, um, you know, once we know and we have that intelligence, uh, we investigate by hand every vulnerability that our tools find. Um, so we make a determination, you know, we don't go by CVSF score, we do an aggregated score, an investigated score, and then we file vulnerabilities on behalf of the product teams. Um, this is another thing I get asked a lot about, and this is, you know, how do you look at in the new age of DevOps and what that looks like? You know, um, you know, a, a single source of truth is having your own incident response team so that they can manage the vulnerability outflow rather than, you know, product teams who, you know, obviously have to prioritize security features and and the like. So we want to make sure that those security vulnerabilities um, get prioritized in the in the SDLC and that they're patched, and then we track those all the way to the customer. And again, the talk at Black Hat, we're really focusing on that. It's great to fix off our vulnerabilities, but if they don't make it into a release and you don't have a vehicle to get them there, then they're still sitting there. And it doesn't do any good because everybody that's using your product is, you know, is is still vulnerable. So, you know, you have to actually have a, a vehicle, a ship vehicle to fix it, um, to get that fixed to your customers. Uh, two, two other small things I wanted to touch on as it relates to your Black Hat talk, and I think you plan to talk about this as well, is this issue of prioritizing vulnerabilities uh, uh, building your priorities around what is publicly known against what is internally found. Right. And in some cases, you you already you have your internal teams looking and finding, and then there's a public release of a vulnerability affecting some, again, we go back to the supply chain issue, some library in some uh, obscure open source uh, uh, utility that you're using. And you already have your internally found issues, your your, your ship cycle is set, and then something public comes up. How do you manage to, you know, track all this, this unresolved things and keep within shipping software uh, security fix shipping deadlines when right. public yeah. things are swirling? Yeah, and you know what? This is a great topic. This is one of my favorite topics because it's a science. It really is. This is a really tough one to solve. And I'll, I'll give you a couple of thoughts that, that we're going to fall back on in our talk. One or, is relationship. If you don't mind some examples as well. Of, sure. Of, yeah, know, absolutely. So uh, we have what's, I'll give you a specific example here. We have this thing called, uh, should we ship it calculator? And it's actually something we're going to put on our GitHub and we're going to leave the template to everybody to go help, help themselves. What does the calculator um, do? It, it is, it's, it is, it is interesting. So it takes the, should we ship it calculator is, is it's an Excel sheet. Cause we all need Excel sheets, right? We don't have enough of those. So uh, it is a specific um, a calculator that, that has a bunch of business criteria you can put in. So, you know, if you're investigating a vulnerability and it's hitting the fan and going public, you know, how do you handle that? That is the million dollar question. And do you get a software release where, you know, you've got 15 customers that are, you know, high value revenue, producing people or customers, you know, what do you do? What do you tell them? It is a really big balance and it's a business decision, right? I mean, we are, we're all going to say that, you know, you know, we're never going to ship, you know, insecure software. Well, of course we're not, but there are, there are things that at release time come up. It's just a part of life. So there are times, so, Go mean, ahead. it's, it's fair to assume that there are times when you, sh when you ship a fix or you ship something, uh, with the knowledge that, uh, 
not everything is fixed. There's some other things in the canon. Then it becomes this, uh, this not necessarily tug of war, but this uh, seesaw business versus security decision. Sure. Let's ship, and then we'll 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 figure out the process to get this fixed in point in point. Yeah, and again, part of this part of this comes back to relationships with the business. And again, one of the things that is the hardest thing is when DevOps is king, having that team that can run alongside the dev team and say, okay. You know, you've got this GC that needs to go out the door tomorrow. I need a hot fix at the same time. There's always a way. There's always a way, but you've got to be able to understand that revenue is reality and revenue is reality, but there's secure revenue. So it's, it's the, the, I guess the whole benefit of having the non-distributed model where you have one team that just sort of their only thing in life to do for this company is to make sure that we ship secure software is that we do that every day. That's what, that's the only thing we do. So, you know, it does sometimes mean that I'm calling a product manager at eight in the morning and having them create a hotfix right alongside that GC so that stuff can get out the door. But the good news is, is there's a way to figure out that. So basically the should we ship it calculator is we got to put in a whole bunch of other data aside from a CVSS score because a CVSS score, it is very, very important, but there's other things to consider as well. What does that so other data look like? Is the other data risk is metrics, like, you're calculating risk metrics. Calculating. It is, and, and that's where the public and non-public comes in, Ryan. So, I mean, you can look at that on a CVSS score, but it doesn't tell the whole story if you don't pull it out, right? So, you know, is this an internally found, you know, issue or, or is it public? You know, has a customer called about it? Those are important regardless, but does it go out right this second or in three hours is a big question. So this is that calculator. It's got all kinds of great questions to answer. And then as you answer them and give them a score, it calculates another score at the bottom. Um, and so that's how going to that, um, that partner that is hopefully, you know, again, a partner, a developer partner. But what this also helps is at our executive level because it creates the opportunity for conversation because we all understand the calculator. You know, they know what questions to ask us, insert, you know, they know what questions to ask the product team. And therefore, we're all working together to solve a problem, rather than one team just throwing their foot down and saying, you know, you can't do this, because that doesn't help anybody. And it, it just creates fights. And you know, you know how this works. It's not, you know, we have to, we have to have some sort of synergy between us. And the should we ship a calculator is a great way just to speak the same language. So you know, once it meets a certain threshold score, once it hard. meets a certain threshold score, you can say, okay, we can ship it if we have this hotfix ready and we can put it on a certain timeline. That calculator helps make those decisions. Right. Uh, it does. And you know what? The, the biggest part is too in this, like everybody's got their own threshold. Right, right. right. Blackberries is, you know, pretty, our threshold is very, 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 very low, if non-existent. But other companies, you know, you have to make that judgment call. So the one thing that we're going to do in this talk, we're not going to tell you what to do. We're going to teach you how to figure out what to do. Because, right. you know, BlackBerry's threshold, it's just, you know, we we are a, a secure software company. So, you know, we take this very seriously. But for other companies, this this may be a little bit less advantaged. One of the problems that with this entire program uh, that we hope to help solve is the cost of patching to your customers because patches are expensive. And, you know, as a software vendor, companies will ask for them, but then they, you know, then they're expensive. So at the same time, on the other side, it's like, okay, we'll give the patch, patch all these vulnerabilities, but please don't do it every day. But we need to do it every day. So, right. you know, there's always a give and take. And this, uh, this is probably a little tougher, but is there a, a certain calculator or is there a certain approach 
that helps you sitting on the security side of the fence make an argument against certain features that might be re- revenue generating oh, features gosh. again again it comes back this is a business decision and I, again okay. i go back to adding webkit in there i remember at the time having off the record discussions with old blackberry folks saying you know rolling their eyes because they knew what was coming how, right. how do how how do those conversations happen and what is the calculation that goes into say, the security team saying guys hold up versus the business guys saying this is going you guys got to better better figure out the security side of it yeah yeah you know what again this is this is such a hot topic right now and being at blackberry you know sometimes i feel like i'm so fortunate because you know we have another half my other half of my team you know um, under our product security organization is deeply deeply embedded into the development cycle products are brought up with us in it so part of the part of the historical understanding of what it's like to have a embedded product security organization that's only under their own roof i mean we report into the chief security officer so you know or the chief information security officer so we come into the product development life cycle at the very beginning at the very very beginning in the planning stages you know our security research group is there to advise them on features that you know that are going to open up more um you know areas for risk risk. um and so then those are you know they look at workarounds for those they look at other things hey if you need to have this feature let's look at you know sandboxing this or let's look at turning this around to the other side because you know that's going to make more of a secure product So we have that advantage and I realize though that a lot of companies just you know it's security isn't you know it's it's important but maybe not at that early in the life cycle so that's where we really advise that that you know obviously is the best practice you've got to have those security people embedded into that very 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 beginning stages and you know we're really fortunate that our team does a great job at that so by the time it comes in market and it comes over to my side of the fence a lot of that work has already been done but yes it's critical because you can design a product you know to unfortunately be be open to all kinds of attack just by not understanding you know how to mitigate that stuff in the beginning right and even if you have someone embedded in the on the developer side of things these questions do pop up at the end of the day the revenue revenue sure. generating features have to be added at some point like i'm trying to and this is not unique to blackberry there are i mean this is a hot topic like you mentioned in the industry tons and tons of security defenders or you know just pulling their hair out over this feature that's going to be shipped that they know introduces risk uh, you know, how do you recommend those conversations happen in in another yeah. organization based on your experience? Boy, this is a tough one. Boy, like Ryan, I mean, you know, this goes back to... to this goes back to relationships. If you don't have a security relationship with those product teams and those developers, where you can really lean on them and go to them and say, "Hey, I'm looking at this, and this just doesn't look right. Can we help you figure out something else?" you're not going to have any skin in the game to go back at the end when the product's ready to release or when you figure out the features in there or they've added webkit like you know you mentioned right we i mean you know you've got a it's a two-way street product teams have to be willing to engage you know the the engineering side of security for the help and then the engineering side of security has to be willing to go back and say okay how can we help you fix it and if you don't have those relationship it, it, it just doesn't work because it gets too late i mean by the time the product's going to market that's too late you I- needed to have that you know many versions ago so that you could help fix it are you finding that today the security landscape today with breach news and just constantly uh, headlines of companies being hacked are helping those conversations that you're having with senior management internally or helping these relationships that you have internally that guys there are actionable things i can point to that if we don't you know make this decision in in a straightforward way it can cause real 
real harm. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We are the critical part of software development that, you know, nothing. And we're again, we're really fortunate because nothing happens without us. And, you know, the interesting thing is going from a hardware, you know, manufacturer to where we were making phones and now being a software vendor that's shifted. You know, I mean, even making a, you know, being a hardware vendor where we were making phones and, you know, again, you mentioned, you know, bringing on WebKit, you know, that was years ago. We're a completely different company now. And we've really taken, you know, what was a really th something we were really good at into it being something that, you know, is the first thing, you know, the forefront of what we're doing. So it was a total natural progression, but we are, we are, you know, uh, again, I, you know, I, I, I have no other form of reference other than to be on the front line. So, but we are a critical part. Decisions just don't get made without us. I mean, when products are started to be, um, you know, even thought about or plotted out, we get into that, that very beginning part of the SDLC and the requirements phase. We're right there. Um, and that has become, uh, you know, more and more and more important over the years of, you know, that have gone by. And especially over, I would say the last two years, Ryan, it's become critical. I mean, now, you know, we just don't make a move at all. You know, no one will make a move without, uh, you know, talking to us, for, which is, you know, how it really should be. And should I believe, be. you know, for BlackBerry, we're just, we're ahead of the game there. Um, but, uh, you know, other companies will fall in line just because, I mean, otherwise it's just liability. And, yeah, and I you get know, the who sense could afford it? I get the sense it's getting better. Security is now a top of mind issue for CEOs who are, you know, seeing their peers uh, lose their jobs over massive breaches. So I think those conversations are getting easy. Let me pivot. I, I want to pivot quickly to uh, you guys are actually, you mentioned uh, your cybersecurity software company now, uh, this evolution of BlackBerry. And one of the things you're announcing at Black Hat is this uh, uh, availability of a ransomware recovery uh, tool for uh, your BlackBerry workspaces content collaboration yeah. platform. Start there. What is the workspaces content collaboration pl platform? Is it like a Google Docs, Office 365 equivalent? Yeah, so Workspaces is a fantastic product. And, you know, what a Workspaces allows is the secure um, storage and sharing of documents. So think of a Word document shared between you and I, um, you know, your external to, to my company, I may be sharing that same document with several internal people. Um, I like to use the example of financial data, right? Who doesn't need to protect their financial data? Everybody does. Um, I can share an Excel sheet with you with financial data. And I have the availability using a workspaces instance to control that to the point where I could give you access to it for two weeks and then, you know, and then you don't get access to it anymore. Or I can share a specific part. I can also control if you can print it. I can control if you can edit it even remotely. So even if you don't work for my company, I can send that control that document to you with those controls. Um, there's also a really cool feature that's called Spotlight on a, a Word document. I can send it to you and you can only read it when you're hovering over whatever I've controlled. So you can't copy it, you can't share it, you can't paste it. It's just a fantastic product. Um, it's, you know, a DRM product that is absolutely, you know, up, you know, it, it's just, it's amazing. It's just amazing. Now, and what we're releasing the though, this, this, very, this very strict DRM, uh, is, is security at the core is kind of like the marketing. It is, it is. And it still allows you to use, you know, your Word and your Excel and your PowerPoint and all the things you're already using. So it's just DRM on top of that, which is amazing because, you know, I want to use the tools that I need to use, but at the same time, Ryan, I may need to share a spreadsheet with you, you know, that could change next week and you can only see it for 48 hours. And by the way, I don't want you to print it. You know, those are those are fundamental security features that, you know, people just need now. Enterprises need this stuff. And so um, what we're releasing, actually, this is really fascinating. 
this is actually just a feature that's going to be embedded within the Workspaces product. So we're not selling it. So it's this not, is not something you're selling. This is just yeah, a, an enhancement to, to the existing it. platform. It's a new feature that's going to be enabled within workspaces that is for ransomware recovery. So again, you know, defense and depth, we want to make sure that everybody's protecting themselves against ransomware, which of course we do. But if the unthinkable happens, you know, you quickly, the defender side kicks in and you're quickly trying to do damage control. And it's very expensive. Um, you know, recovering, as you know, I don't need to name any stats for you. It's extremely expensive when you get into recovery mode. So what this new feature is going to allow is if you are an administrator of a workspaces instance, it's going to allow you actually to go in and control by user and by document to do a rollback if you need to. So, you know, for example, Ryan, if you and I are working on the, that same Excel sheet and financial data, and there's, you know, 10 people that have contributed to it, and Ryan, you know, you're hit with ransomware. As that workspaces administrator, I can go back and roll back all the changes you have made to that document with leaving the rest intact and leaving the document intact, which is, you know, so it's kind of like taking, um, you know, a, like a scalpel, a really precise approach when, you know, the rest of my options at this very minute are like a sledgehammer. Really, you know, if that happens to me today, you know, my option is really just to go quarantine everything and everybody I you know while you're trying to figure out what happened you know your productivity is totally halted so this yeah. allows an administrator to just take a super finite approach to this um, it's it's actually really 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 cool I just saw a demo of it yesterday and I was I was blown away it's really cool you're not blocking the ransomware in real time you're allowing rollback based on like snapshots you're taking uh, within workspaces over the course of the, the yeah that's correct this is just a this is a this is a an emergency response um, disaster recovery methodology. This is go in, you know, stop the document wherever you know it is, take that user's data and control it, and then, you know, roll it back to the previous version. Right. Um, and so it doesn't have a time limit on it, mm -hmm. which is the one of the fascinating, I mean, you know how cloud how storage is expensive. Are, how so far back are you able to go back and roll back? It'll go it? as far back as your documents go. So it is in available in version 6.0 or later, and it'll be available later on this month. But once you install this instance um, of the product, which again is just going to be part of the, the baseline fundamental of the product itself, um, every document you have in your, in your um, workspace instances is protected. Uh, that's fantastic. I know this, uh, this, not, doesn't necessarily help if you don't have backups. This is just a work, just, just to clarify, this is just a BlackBerry workspaces documents flowing through that workspaces component. You, you're not, it you're is, not providing ransomware recovery for the organization as a whole. Right. This is protecting your data. This is literally protecting the documents and the information that you have in your workspaces instance. So anything in your workspaces instance will be protected by this new feature. You'll be able to roll it back again, and you can do it in bulk, the administrator has all the control. So at 849, if you're working on a document, and even if you worked on that document six months ago, you know, another document at, you know, 851 ransomware hits, Ryan, I as the administrator can go in and roll back every single thing Ryan's done and everything else stays intact. That's amazing. Congratulations on that. Um, Thanks. It's very exciting. And best of luck with your Black Hat talk. Really, really looking forward to it. Um, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, the security team at BlackBerry. I find that you guys are a lot more open and communicative about issues than a lot of other big companies. And it's kind of like a, a model of how, uh, you know, companies should handle communications. I know you play a big part in that. So really, Thank you. really looking Thank you. forward to that. Um, and all the very best with everything, Christine. Hope we get to run into each other again and have a cup of tea. 
Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Ryan.